O God of sight and insight, remove that which clouds our vision and help us so that we might truly see and in seeing understand your will and your word. Amen. The scripture reading this morning is John chapter 21, verses 1 to 19 from the New International Version. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. And again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. The second scripture reading is from Revelation chapter 5, verses 11 to 14, again from the New International Version. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They enriched the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, worthy is a lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. The third scripture reading is Acts for chapter 9, verses 1 to 6, again, New International Version. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Thank you, Dallas. Okay, we're working again.
Now what? Now what? Is anyone going to tell me what to do? It's my turn. Well, today I want to point out a little bit of notice to the message of the scripture. Now what? What now? See, Easter's kind of over. I got the whole preparation for Lent, give up something for 40 days, not be successful, Easter. What do I do now? And when I was looking at this sermon and when I got the call at 8.30 a.m., yes, I was still asleep, I was wondering, what do I talk about now? Easter's done. If it's anything like my normal schedule, yay, Easter, we get to summer. I'm going to take a break from church in the summer so I can go to the beach. And then I come back in fall, because that's September, that's when school starts. And we get everyone back into Sunday school, and then we build up to Christmas. And then we lull a little bit. And then, okay, Lent, Easter. Break. Wind back up, Christmas. Little break, Easter. Longer break, Christmas. Now, I'm not going to ask this as a hands-raising activity, but who has ever thought about church that way? <laughs> I got one hand for taking a break during the summer. Beach time's important, too. But after something ends, a lot of times we come back to the question, what now? What are we supposed to be doing next? My first thought is, yay, we celebrate. Jesus died, came back, we are saved, hallelujah. I can go to the beach. But is that how our salvation works? Is it? No? Drat, I was really hoping someone would say yes. Then I could cut the sermon short and say, yep, you got it, we're good, beach time. No. I mean, I am beyond excited that Jesus died and came back for us. Don't get me wrong, beyond excited. But I want to talk about how Jesus sacrificed himself. See, I have this absolutely beautiful quote that I want to read to you. I found it on Pinterest. If man had his way, the plan of redemption would be endless and a bloody conflict. In reality, salvation was bought not by Jesus' fists, but by his nail-pierced hands. Not by muscle, but by love. Not by vengeance, but forgiveness. Not by force, but by sacrifice. Jesus Christ the Lord surrendered in order that he might win. He destroyed his enemies by dying for them and conquered death by allowing death to conquer him. This is A.W. Tozer from Preparing for Jesus' Return, Daily Lived the Blessed Hope. So 
When I think about when we won something, I think about celebrating. And I think that's a very human reaction. If I win a wrestling match, yay! If our choir pulls off an absolute win with their fantastic singing, yay! And that's kind of it. When I think of a problem, I think of how I'm going to fight my problem, how I can figure out and how I can get the best of it. Which I really want to say is the right thing to do, because I like solving my problems. But Jesus didn't fight. He didn't in the way we're used to it. Jesus made himself other. He made himself different. If you think about what it would be like to be Jewish back in Rome back then, that's not safe. That's not easy. When they heard about Jesus bringing a revolution, they thought about him raising a sword and fighting for a change. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Who here remembers the Bible saying Jesus raised a sword and slaughtered his enemies? I don't think so. What he did was he made himself other to the people there. He followed the right path. Now, here's a secret. My least favorite word is the word other. Do you want to know why? No objections. Okay. I dislike other because it separates people. It demeans people. It makes what we do to them excusable. When someone is other, they're not part of us. They are a separate group. They're different from the norm. And I want to point out something that I said Jesus made himself other. He chose not to succumb to temptation. When the devil was tempting him, he said no. When people were pushing away the children and making them marginalized, he said, let them come to me. He made himself other and accepted the other. He became our other. And when we persecuted him and killed him, he did not fight us. He still fought for us. He made himself even more other than us so that we were all other with him. He did not exclude, he welcomed. And it wasn't just a once a day at Easter time type thing. He welcomed the children constantly. He welcomed the, chick, the sick constantly. He was there for the other, which we all are. We are one in our otherness. We are together. In Jesus' mind, we're not other. He died for us. But as we come to this time after Easter, it's really easy to say, our group just celebrated Easter. We are done. But other people aren't there. Other people haven't had their Easter. Other people who are our people haven't. So my plans to going to the beach probably aren't the best step in what's next after Easter. The next step is me looking at the scripture readings that I chose very intentionally. Look at John. We talk about 
how we love Jesus. Jesus has saved us. And Jesus does not ask for us to do something for him. He asks us to feed my lambs. We are his lambs, we are his sheep. Everyone are his lambs and sheep. He's asking us to look outside of us, outside of what we want, and do what he did. When he had an opportunity, he said, look to those around you and follow me as I help those. When we look at revelations, we look at this and we see he was slain. He gave himself. He was vulnerable. He gained power and help, not by being the strongest of us, by being the fastest or the one who fights the strongest. He won and earned his position by loving and giving and forgiving. And when people went against him and he had troubles and pain for his people, like Saul, he did not go up to Saul and say, hey man, what do you think you're doing? Stop that or I'll hurt you. He said, no, why are you persecuting me? Why are you, he called his people him, we were one. Jesus didn't say, why are the children? He said, all of us. And he said, not to condemn him, but he said, I see you. He said, you can be part of us. You are not other from us. You are here with us. And come, I will show you what you should do. When he says, follow me, he doesn't mean wear sandals, wear robes. He means do what he did. Come for the others that you think are other and extend your hand. We've had a time of celebration and we were gifted salvation and it is beautiful. Like praise Jesus, hallelujah, I am glad we are saved. But I come back to, what do we do now? Raise your hand if we think, you think we should go to the beach. My mother again, okay. Raise your hand if you think Jesus wants us to reach out his palm, like do the same to others, to make them part of us, to realize that we're not so different because we've had a joy. This Easter, while we had joy, others had pain. And what next? What next is we can be reaching out to those others. We can be seeing the differences aren't there. We are all one. When it comes to Easter, and the reason I had these kids celebrate an averagely exceptional Sunday, is we have every single Sunday, every single day, to say, what's next? What's God calling me to do? What is God laying? He laid out his vulnerabilities, God, Jesus, everyone, and said, I'm here with you. He didn't just say, Yay, Easter, yay, Christmas, that's me. But what's next for us? How are we gonna take Easter and go forward? How are we going to extend our palm? So what now?
What can we do today to reach out? What can we do to help someone else? And not just someone we like, who fits in our little category of someone we're related to. Who is the Saul in our life who is going around hurting the people we care for that we can reach out to? Who is the Peter in our life who says they love us but can learn how to show love to others? And how can we be worthy like the lamb that was sacrificed? How can we be worthy of salvation? How do we reach out? How do we do God's work? How do we follow the cross? How do we follow the master? How do we decide what our one more step will be? And I know it isn't in the bulletin, but I want to do something I do in Sunday school class. I want an issue, I am issuing an official challenge. Next Sunday, have an idea of what's next for you after Easter. What are you going to step forward and do? to make a little difference. I'm not asking if you're going to rebuild a house for Habitat for Humanity, because that is extreme and awesome, but what little thing can you do between Easter and Christmas to help extend Jesus' hand?